0: Hi everyone, welcome to SEMA, a program which invites experts each week to discuss a topic from their area of expertise. This week we are delighted to have Dr Sam Byrne. The topic today is the revolutionary mind-body guide for better eyesight. Eyesight isn't something many people think we can improve. It's a condition we associate with ageing. And this SEMA, Sam, no pun intended, will explain how our eyesight can be improved. Sam believes that vision exists in the brain, not the eyes, and it is possible to improve and sometimes even fully restore sharp vision by using special therapy techniques. Sam says uh, we can prevent eye disease, we can reverse cataracts and molecular degeneration using all natural methods. With over 25 years experience in optometry, Sam has developed a form of holistic vision therapy that goes deeper than other experts. With his techniques, Sam can address vision issues caused by autism, ADHD, cataracts, dry eye, glaucoma, macular degeneration, and other eye conditions. Sam has been in private practice in New Mexico for over 25 years, where he works with patients to improve their vision and overall wellness. He holds a Bachelor of Science from Pennsylvania State University, a Doctor of Optometry from Pennsylvania College, and did his postdoctoral work at the Geisel Institute. In collaboration with Yale University. He has been awarded the Special Awards for Service from the Behavioral Optometrist in Mexico for his innovative and holistic work with children. And is quite a resume, Sam, quite a resume. It's fantastic to have you with us.
1: Thank you. It's really, really uh, exciting for me to be here. Thank you.
0: Now, what started you initially down the path of vision research
1: well it actually started when i was about eight years old i was diagnosed (laughs) with a learning disability
0: oh my goodness and
1: my mother took me everywhere we ended up at an eye doctor's office yes and the doctor gave me some nearsighted glasses which i Mm -hmm. started to wear and i became a memorizer in school that's how i got through school my glasses kept getting stronger and stronger And when I graduated optometry school, I actually met a uh, eye doctor who was holistic and I went to him as a patient and I uh, did his program called vision therapy, which is a form of physical therapy for the eyes. And he told me that um, the reason why I had a learning problem is that my left eye wandered out. And so through the vision therapy program. I was able to repair that problem and my nearsightedness completely dissolved, completely. That was over 30 years ago and I still see 2020 at distance in there, I did then. And so I was uh, inspired to follow that track and I opened a practice in Philadelphia uh, on holistic eye care and that was my beginning. That's amazing.
0: Now you know, you're making me feel a bit self-conscious because I'm wearing glasses at the moment, but we'll, we'll gloss over that and continue. Um, are these ex- exercises and routines easy to do? Uh,
1: repeat that? I didn't quite understand.
0: Is it simple for people to do oh, these
1: exercises? Yes, yeah. It's very simple. Um, you know, one of the things I did three years ago is I put all my exercises online on my website And they're free. And uh, I started to promote uh, my digital brand through social media. And people started to do the exercises. It was very easy for them to do. And I started to get emails. I'm throwing away my glasses, my cataracts. (laughs) Um, My learning problem is is reducing. So uh, the exercises are very easy to do. It's basically a re brain. Uh, And since the eyes originate from the brain, so if we go back to prenatal development two weeks after conception, we can look at the fetus and we see these bulges growing out from the eyes. And these bulges that grow out from from the brain, these bulges are the eyes. So they're coming from the brain tissue. So every part of the eye originates in the brain. So since it originates from the brain, the brain has a capability of something called neuroplasticity. Since the eyes are part of the brain, the eyes have that same capability to both regenerate itself and also to create new pathways. And so the exercises offer people a way to change their patterns around their eyes.
0: That's amazing. Because some of the conditions that you're saying that you can um, resolve the, um, the problems with it, like macular degeneration, they're pretty serious. They're uh,
1: very serious and, you know, they're very shocking because first of all, everything is going well and then all of a sudden, you know, you start losing your eyesight and it's an immediate feedback like, wow, it's blurry. And then you go to the eye doctor and, you know, I have to say my colleagues are really steeped in the disease-based model. So they're Mm -hmm. looking for disease. Mm -hmm. They say you have the disease, but then they don't offer you anything except maybe fear. It's going to get worse. Mm. pharmaceuticals or um, surgery. Mm. And uh, so people leave feeling very disheartened, very hopeless. Mm. And that's further from the truth. There's so many things that you can do to improve your eyes and vision. I think one of the reasons why our eyes let us down is because our eyes have one of the highest concentration of blood vessels in the entire body. And so they rely on nutrients and if they are not getting the nutrients they need, oxidative stress starts to accumulate in the eye tissues. Cataracts are an example of oxidative stress, macular degeneration, glaucoma. Right. So when you develop oxidative stress, you get inflammation. Mm-hmm. And so basically you have to increase uh, the nutrient absorption. Um, and I can talk about how to do that. And if, if you do that, then you're able to get rid of the metabolic waste and your eyes can return to normal health. So you can
0: actually reverse. If you've got cataracts, for example, the cataracts... Well, can...
1: you know, just today I had an 84-year-old patient come in who, um, right before our interview, she'd been doing my eye drops and my exercises. She went back to her ophthalmologist and he said, I can't find your cataracts. Where are they? And she said, they're gone. This is what I did and uh, so she was able to completely reverse her cataracts at 84 years old. So absolutely, you can reverse cataracts, you can improve macular degeneration. you can neutralize the effects of glaucoma, and many other eye diseases, dry eye, traumatic brain injury, and I know we're gonna be talking about the ADD-ADHD connection to vision, uh, but there's so much potential out there in improving your vision. I think one of the things that I do is that instead of looking at a person as a number, you know, you have this prescription or you're this age, I look at the person behind the number. I ask them questions about their lifestyle, their diet, their stress, their relationships. And all of those factors can influence our perceptions and our vision. And once we get to the bottom of why your eyes are letting you down, we treat the cause, not the symptoms. And once we treat the cause, then the symptoms go away and the eyes rebound and they regenerate themselves.
0: That's remarkable. They just touched quickly on ADHD and ADD. Can you go into more detail on that? I'd love to know.
1: Sure, okay. sure. So in 2006, I wrote a groundbreaking book called Without Ritalin, Natural Approach to ADD. And in that book, I did some research and I found a, a, an ophthalmologist at the University of California at San Diego. And what he did was a study where he found that children who had difficulty coordinating their eyes together had a higher risk of developing ADHD, so they had attention problems. And if the coordination problem was repaired through the physical eye therapy, guess what happened? The ADHD would go away. So a lot of kids that are diagnosed along the ADD to autism spectrum disorder, uh, they have undetected vision problems. You know, one of the highlights of my life is that I spend um, one day a month at an autism clinic about 60 miles south in a big city, Albuquerque, and it's an amazing place to work with those kids. I, You know, I could describe to you what happens, but you wouldn't get it. But these kids come in to, you know, I'm evaluating them, ADD to autism. And within an hour, I'm able to help them reconnect their eyes to their brain and body. And it flips a switch for them that changes their life. That's why this institute has hired me because they know the importance of holistic vision as it relates to these children with this diagnosis.
0: Gosh, gosh. It's
1: amazing. I mean, I have stories. I could tell you, you know, these kids come in with these very thick glasses and immediately I say, take those off. And we start doing some coordination things with their body. We start doing some um, movement. And I also do sound therapy and craniosacral therapy. And within 10 or 15 minutes, they, they're they doing things that they've never done in their life because I'm rehooking their eyes to their brain. And... Um, I mean, it's just a miracle and it happens every, every time. So I guess what the takeaway is, is that knowledge exams are created equal. When you go for an eye exam, most doctors just base the exam on reading the eye chart. That's not your vision. That's called your eyesight. That's being able to see a one third inch letter at 20 feet. But vision is a learned and development developed skill where you have to use your eyes to connect to your brain, which then helps you move your body in the world. So it's a processing game. And if your two eyes are not focusing right or they're not coordinating right, then it's gonna affect your memory. It's gonna affect your your coordination, your balance, your um, your processing of information and ultimately your problem solving. I know I went through this when I was eight years old. I didn't have anybody like me you know, I just was getting the conventional care, but I've been through it. So I can so relate to the kids who are struggling. And, um, you know, when you relate to them and you treat them individually and not just everybody gets the same approach, um, they wake up, they, they flower and they grow. And um, the vision is such a dominant part of our learning and relating. You know, there's a statistic that says 70 to 90 percent of what we learn in school comes through our eyes. It's a lot. And most of us are very visual. Now today with the introduction of digital time and electronic devices, I'm also seeing more vision problems because those uh, digital devices are harming our eyes. And we could talk about ways to neutralize or prevent the deterioration in your eyes from using digital devices. Well, I we can do that now. Yes, <laughs> please. I'd love to know. Let's do that. So. One of, the, one of the things that I look at is science. I really follow the science. And there was an interesting report that was published by the French, French government, 400 pages. And it was one of the um, government agencies like the FDA in the United States. And they were studying the effect of digital devices on uh, the health of their citizens. And they concluded that the digital time, especially in children, was very damaging to the eyes. And the reason is, is because any digital device emanates something called blue light. And blue light has been shown to affect our health. Uh, You have a higher risk of developing cancer. Uh, It can affect your sleep cycle. It can create more depression. Uh, And it affects the health of your eyes. Because the blue light has a very fast wave frequency that's very chaotic. And when it enters your eyes over a long time, it can begin to damage things like your cornea, your lens, your macula. So one thing that you can do is wear a pair of blue blocking filters that blocks the blue light. You should be doing that whenever you're on digital devices, especially after 6 p.m., because that's when the blue light starts to suppress the melatonin production. Some other things that you can do to protect your eyes against the blue light is make sure you're getting enough of the essential carotenoids that protects your macula. So the carotenoids are things like lutein, zeaxanthin. These are plant carotenoids that actually, they are a filter that sit in front of the macula, they're natural, they're from plants, And they deflect the damaging blue light and ultraviolet light astaxanthin is a marine carotenoid so that's another very important protection and then saffron the indian spice has actually been shown through some research to reduce the risk of macular degeneration so eating an anti-inflammatory diet healthy fats and oils uh, a lot of antioxidants reduce your visual stress by doing my eye exercises making sure you're getting those carotenoids, blue blockers to protect your eyes against the damaging blue light. Now you are proactive in um, improving your vision.
0: It's um, quite astounding. Uh, carotenoids, of course, it, it's carrots. What other uh, foods are high in that? Okay. Carrots?
1: Well, the one thing about carrots is you want to be careful that if you're juicing them, they do have a high... Um, potential uh, of spiking your insulin levels. So again, carrots have the beta carotene, the orange uh, color. So you just want to eat those in moderation. But the foods that are great for your eyes, avocados, because of the fats and the lutein. Um, Asparagus, because it has something called glutathione. We can talk about glutathione as it relates to cataracts. Um, Things like basil and um, actually peppermint. Um, Turmeric is an anti-inflammatory agent. You know, uh, one study says that if you take uh, turmeric, curcumin, you reduce the risk of developing glaucoma. Ginger root, because of its anti-inflammatory properties. And then the rainbow diet. So the vegetables, things like red and orange bell peppers, carrots, as you mentioned, beets, uh, kale, spinach, uh, collards, and then your cruciferous vegetables, you know, broccoli and the and cauliflower. Um, and you want to make sure that you're getting um, support in your intestinal health. Uh, one of the things that I'm correlating is if you've got inflammation in your intestinal system, it will eventually affect your eye health. So going to a functional medicine doctor, naturopathic doctor, uh, to make sure you're absorbing the foods and you're not creating a leaky gut or candida. And the last thing I'll say for now is that I've studied acupuncture in China lots of acupuncturists, Tai Chi, Qi Gong, uh, Qi Gong, that um, uh, basically the liver rules the eyes in Chinese medicine. So if you clean up your liver, you're going to improve your eye health.
0: Very interesting very interesting does is it how important is it that the, the vegetables that you're consuming are organic or
1: yeah also? very very important very you know um, i don't know what it's like in china but one of the things i promote is uh going to your local farmers markets you know i travel a bit and i always like to do a, a video at a local farmers market um and I think that you need to go with pesticide-free as best as you can, Uh, organic, obviously. Eat the foods that are grown around, you know, your environment. Mm. Grow your own food if you can. You know, one of the the dilemmas today is our soil is depleted, so we're not getting the same level of trace minerals that we used to get. Mm. So there's a lot of issues around agriculture and farming, but uh, I'm definitely really promoting um, locally grown uh, non-gmo organic foods and uh, I'm very uh, vocal about it
0: <laughs> do glasses make matters worse
1: wearing glasses too well most eyeglass prescriptions or contact lens prescriptions are based on the 2020 eye reading When you get that lens, you probably got it in duress because the doctor put a machine in front of your face and asked you which lens is clear, number one or number two. And he probably asked you impatiently. And you go, well, I have no idea. And let's say you're having a stressful day. So you guess, I'll guess number two. And you get that lens and you get it. The optician gives it to you. And you go, wow, this is making me dizzy. And you go back to the doctor and the doctor says, don't worry, you'll get used to it. Well, you don't want to suppress or accommodate to a prescription that makes you dizzy. So any lens prescription that you get is a readout of the adaptation you're making to your environment. So let me explain. If you're diagnosed with nearsightedness, the adaptation you've made is and tightening up and becoming defensive, as a way to uh, deal with that's going on. And I know that firsthand because that's what happened to me. Now, in farsightedness, it's just the opposite. You push the world away from uh, yourself because, again, you can't understand what's going on. So you push it away. And, uh, again, this is creating a farsighted pattern. Astigmatism is you do both at the same time. You're twisting your eye. So it becomes egg-shaped or irregularly round. In any event, you have made an adaptive response. Your mind has told your eyes, something doesn't make sense, I've got to adapt in a certain way. And so your mind is very strong and it changes the physical structure of the eye if you keep saying that to yourself. So then you go to the doctor like I did when I was eight and basically all he did was validate my programming. That's it. So I got the lens and it embedded my programming and it treated the symptom. And at a year I went back later, like everybody does, and they just keep getting a stronger and stronger lens. And this weakens us. It tightens our, our muscles around our eyes. It keeps us in a fight, flight, freeze response or in a hypervigilant state. And we come, become dependent on these lenses and it's weakening us and it's altering our perception in a negative way. Oh, anyway, wow. I closed my office about uh, nine years ago because I got so involved in teaching and traveling. And my patients were upset. They said, you know, what are we going to do? So I have a property about 15 minutes north of Santa Fe, New Mexico. And so I built this structure. We've got all the approvals from the medical board and everything. So patients come here and they love it. <laughs> what a! you know geodesic domes they have a certain geomancy to them and um, it's very healing when people come here and of course we get to play in vision
0: now uh the lights that you've used in your room i I don't see any blue hue in the color um did you specifically choose lamps which were low in the blue um light spectrum They're, they're yellow
1: i do yes thank you for yeah john thank you yeah, because today what's happening is all the lights are LED, and there's a lot of blue light that comes off the LED lights. Right. So in order to uh, protect yourself uh, from that, uh, again, you've got to wear the blue blockers. Yes. In this particular structure, um, I don't know if your audience is all, they're probably tuned into Feng Shui. Uh, but in Feng Shui, we look at the elements, and triangles are very fiery. And on the floor, uh, I have a blue circular rug, which is the water. And then we have, of course, air and we have space. And So anyways, this this structure is very balanced feng shui-wise. So when people walk in, immediately they feel more relaxed. And I also have a sound healing system that I put on, which uh, also helps them relax. And then our work begins.
0: Gosh, I, was kind of, I was thinking maybe the sleep begins if you relax too much.
1: <laughs> sometimes, you know, people need to nod off or go to sleep. Yeah. You know, and my sessions are at least an hour long, sometimes two hours long. <clears throat> so, you know, sometimes we do some craniosacral therapy or uh, some kind of a meditative uh, experience. So it's a recharge of their nervous system. And I just kind of uh check in with people to see where they are, what they need, and why are they here. And um it's it's a phenomenal way to uh to be an optometrist.
0: Yes. Now just quickly going back to the LED lighting. LED Ooh. lighting is becoming more and more prevalent. It's low yeah. maintenance that cheap yes. now, low consumption of power, mm. and uh they, they seem to tick all the boxes, but you're saying they don't tick one box, and that is for eye health.
1: That's right. They don't, they don't check uh, that, and they don't check your endocrine health either, because the blue light uh, has been shown to suppress melatonin. Yes. So it affects your sleep cycle. Yes. Yes, absolutely.
0: Mm. I
1: tell people, get at least 30 minutes of natural light every day. Get windows. This structure has a lot of windows. Our house has a lot of windows. You need to get outside into the natural light. I think it's a myth when doctors say you have to avoid the sun, you have to wear sunglasses all the time. We actually need light as a way to balance our eyes and our body. In fact, one of my modalities is actually treating people with light and color therapy. We could talk about that if you want. Uh, So, getting 30 minutes of natural light every day is very important for our health and wellness. And, um, you know, you do what you can. Are all led lights bad?
0: Are there some which have got lower quantities of the blue? Um,
1: Most of them are. There, there are some full spectrum, uh, lights that have less of of the blue. Um, there used to be, um, a researcher, he was one of my, um, teachers his name was John Ott and he wrote a book called health and light yes. and he actually came up with something called the ott light which is a full spectrum compact fluorescent light and more and more people are getting tuned into the fact that we need natural full spectrum lighting you know there have been studies done in schools where uh, kids who are in artificial light all day have are miss more school have more dental problems, have more behavioral problems. Mm. When you put natural full-spectrum lights in the fixtures, yes. guess what happens? They're healthier, they behave better, they learn better. So, you know, artificial food is, artificial light is like artificial food. Yes. And John Ott, who I referred to, came up with a term called mal which is like malnutrition. You're not getting the full-spectrum light diet. Right. You know, even the sun has blue light. So, you know, you have to be aware of that. Where the blue light really increases where the sun is, is usually, you know, after 4, 5, 6 p.m. But even so, where you're really getting the concentration is on the digital devices and the LED lights that are now being used, um, you know, pretty exclusively.
0: Yes, yes. Our incandescent lamps, the old-fashioned, if you like, tungsten lights
1: safer they're they're a little better yes they're a little better but again you know in any of these um artificial lights the question you need to ask yourself is it a full spectrum light yes and uh you know we are full spectrum beings right and we in the visible spectrum we have the roy g biv and we need to have that full spectrum experience to expand our consciousness and if we stay in a narrow bandwidth then that actually begins to create disease and one of my principles is that I challenge people to come out of their status quo because when you're in the status quo that is a closed system and it's destined for disease and deterioration. But if you go into an open system, which means you play with the edge of the status quo and you even come outside of that in whatever you're doing, you're expanding your consciousness and you're becoming more broadband. And your neurological health, your brain health, your, you know, your metabolic health, you're stressing yourself in a good way that's going to create more vitality, and more energy. I know we're talking a little philosophical, Um, and people may want to know more about the specifics of what do you do for this condition or that. But these principles are very important. It's when I, what I teach um, uh, to my students and my patients. When you
0: talk about um, when you brought up John Ott, that name rang a bell with me, and I was just trying to dig into my. um, Memory. I was trying to think who it was is john the gentleman who derived the dna frequencies uh formula of light and uh, um i
1: i am not sure i um he was definitely um, into photography and light yes uh but i'll have to look that up you know this goes way back into the like the nineteen sixties yes um it could be um i'm not sure okay. about that but um Uh, certainly he was one of the pioneers in uh, talking about light as a food.
0: Right. The way that you're describing our vision is it's really the heart of our health. Things uh, it's a, it's a major player in our overall health, not just for our vision, but it's um, it reflects our inner um, balance, if you like. It's, um, it plays a major, major part—not just what we can see, but um, our, our, our ourselves is a, it's a uh, reflection of ourselves.
1: If Very you improve so.
0: someone's vision, for example, you, you change the person.
1: You know that it's so great that you bring that up. Somebody will come in and they'll say, "I'm frustrated because I need stronger reading glasses." And after a half an hour with me, they go, well, that's not really why I'm here. I'm here for another reason. And, um, you know, I would consider myself a healing arts practitioner that uses the eyes as a portal into balancing our systemic, metabolic, and spiritual health. And, you know, I'll tell you this very brief story. So in 2006 and 2007, I was immersed helping people with trauma. I got involved with traumatic brain injury. I was working at hospitals. And I was also studying craniosacral therapy. And uh, at one of my craniosacral trainings is weird. We were in the Bahamas and these dolphins were swimming by the dock and people were responding. And I was like, what if I brought 22 of my patients to a retreat where we swam with the dolphins and we did my healing work. So I started to do that in 2007 and i make it a yearly event where I invite certain people who've had trauma, who are interested in you know, opening their consciousness. And I moved the event, I used to do it in the Bahamas, now I do it on the big island of Hawaii. And uh, so we, we do three days of dolphin swims in the morning and then we do our vision work in the afternoon and evening. And it's profoundly healing because you're working in energy medicine. You're working in a more um, global way of healing. And, um, you know, I teach people how to eat better, their wellness, their are um, balancing their nervous system, and it's life-changing. So as you're finding out, I have a very broad perspective on what I call vision. Yes. And I believe that the way our profession is, that we're taught to disconnect from our eyes. We're taught to become disempowered with our eyes. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. If you look at the masters, thousands of years, they include the eyes as part of our uh, potential of healing. The, you know, you've had other guests on and they talk about, well, spontaneous healing or yes. spontaneous remission. Never, never it's talked about with the eyes. And so when I when it happened to me and I started developing this, um, you can clearly improve your eyes and vision. And part of my mission is to make this information available to as many people who want it. And um, the access point is free, again, through the, my website. Obviously, people can come and study with me and I charge a little for that. but. At the initial stage, there's so much free information out. I've done, I think, over 700 videos, Gosh. video blogs, yeah. uh, on how to improve your vision. If you've got dry eye, this is what you do. If you've got glaucoma, this is what you do. So it's very exci- it's very exciting to be on the cutting edge, and uh, we're only at the beginning.
0: Right. What causes dry eye? Now you've brought it up. I was going to ask you. Hmm? What causes dry Good eye? Question.
1: Okay. So there's two two uh, things going on. There's a local problem in the eye and there's a global problem going on in the body. So I'll start with the global problem. One of the reasons why we develop dry eye is because our adrenals are producing too much cortisol. And so we're in a sympathetic nervous system overdrive. You'll notice that when your sympathetic nervous system is overworking, you're producing too much cortisol, your inflammatory response, Is increasing. You can't get rid of toxins as easily, and because the eyes are so connected to our endocrine health and our digestive health, that all the mucous membranes begin to dry out. Number two, there's a correlation between our thyroid health and our eye health. So if you've got conditions like um, Hashimoto's or Graves' disease, or even just uh, mild hypothyroidism. Uh, it does begin to affect your bilia, pr- produce the tears uh, that cover the eye. Mm-hmm. Another factor, and I have to say, is dental health. And if you are full of mercury amalgams or you've had a lot of root canals, because the eye, the the orbit of the eye is the ceiling of the, the teeth. So if you've got a lot of disharmony going on in your mouth, it's going to seep into and it's going to start affecting your eyes and that's going to create inflammation so on a local level the eyelids house the lymph system of the eye and they're the producer of the tears so all the eye right above the eyelashes are the glands in the eyelids that produce the tears oh, I didn't so, there's- I- <laughs> so I didn't- when there's when there's an inflammatory response in the eyelids things like blepharitis or mybomian gland dysfunction Um, these are inflammations that occur in the eyelids, Mm -hmm. then there's an interference in your ability to produce the tears that cover the cornea. Now, it also could be because there's an imbalance in the tear film itself, the tears evaporate too quickly. Now, the, the bad news is that almost everything that eye doctors offer will do two things. They will suppress your immune system in the eye, and they will make your eyes drier. It's just how it is. The eye drops that I use actually are homeopathic. Um, I use many different kinds of eye drops that reduce inflammation, that improve um, um, moisturization, but it does so in a more homeopathic or a natural way. you know, most of the eye drops in the drugstore, I'm sorry to say, are going to make your eyes worse. So you need to look for preservative-free uh, natural eye drops, homeopathic eye drops, uh, eye drops that can, um, can moisturize your eyes. You know, one of the eye, two of the eye drops that I use, one is called an MSM drop. An MSM is a sulfur-based drop that when you put it in the eyes, it actually improves collagen health, reduces inflammation. Another um, agent that I love is castor oil eye drops. So these are specially made eye drops that have castor oil on them. Gosh. And you just use a little bit on the eyelids. You don't put it in your eye and you mm-hmm. massage the eyelids. That is very moisturizing and reduces inflammation. And that's an herb that you can get. You brew it up, let it cool down and you can dip it dip the eyebright tea in a, a compress uh, washcloth place it over your eyes for a few minutes before bed you can either do heat or cold eyebright has been shown to reduce inflammation in the eyelids so it's both global and it's local um, and you've got to be willing to trust the process because um, you know usually people with dry eye are in an excruciating state That's and uh, you know you have to navigate how to to work with it in these in these ways?
0: Right. Are there any supplements that you'd recommend the general population take for their eye health?
1: Okay. Well, this is a great question. Um, you know, when I when I started uh, my digital brand a few years ago, I opened a web store and I developed a great eye vitamin, MSM drops. Uh, glutathione, some other things. But we had some problems with our manufacturing uh, uh, link, and I ended up, for, for the time being, closing down my web store. Um, but one of the things that I noticed about my web store is that when people just relied on vitamins, they got lazy in their diet. So I'm here to say that probably the very best thing you can do is eat a rainbow diet of vegetables, uh, and the fruits that I would like you to eat would be the berries, blueberries, great for eye circulation, strawberries. Um, I use a Vitamix, so um, I like to make smoothies in the morning, but the smoothies I make are putting in all those great vegetables with a little turmeric and ginger, coconut, um, and that's a great breakfast with a lot of enzymes and great phytochemicals. Uh, I also think, you know, organic, and I, I, I think that, you know, if you're gonna do meat, you've gotta get, um, you know, farm, farmed in a way that uh, you're free of antibiotics and um, get organic um, if you can. Probiotics, you know, a lot of good fats and oils. The omega 3s are very important. So, you know, something like chia seeds has a lot of omega 3, walnuts, almonds. Um, And then, of course, if you do eat seafood and it's kind of, you know, sketchy, but uh, the salmon, trout, uh, uh, those kinds of things. So, all that being said, then if you want to do, say, an eye vitamin, you want to find one that has at least. 15 to 20 milligrams of lutein today, the of zeaxanthin. And it was uh, include vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin E, some of the trace minerals like calcium, magnesium, um, selenium, chromium, trace minerals are very important. And then things like resveratrol or quercetin, uh, bilberry, uh, these are all essential. For corneal health, the B complex vitamins are very important. So I think it's a combination. You know, I use supplements as just that, supplements. Uh, and I think that you need to eat a healthier diet, less or no processed foods, and here's the big one: no sugar. Or if you're going to do uh, foods that are sweetened, low glycemic index. You know, there's there's been a number of studies that correlate people who eat sugar and people who develop cataracts. It's pretty clear. Um, so that's kind of the overall strategy. I think go to a good uh, holistic doctor, find out what your constitution is, what your toxicities are, get rid of those, and then start eating as healthily as you can. Do you
0: remove or try to avoid foods which are high in lectins?
1: I try to, yes. And uh, you know the thing. The thing is, is that you've got to really research what foods are clear of those things. Gluten is another one. Dairy uh, can be tricky. Again, some people love dairy, so maybe reducing some of the dairy. Um, and then, of course, processed soy is another one. And then we're back to to sugar. Uh, so I think that people really need to do some research. And you know, what's so interesting, John, um, recently, I gave a a lecture to a group of eye doctors. And I started the lecture off by saying, how many in here take vitamins? Everybody raised their hand. How many people recommend them for their patients? Nobody raised their hand. (laughs) Where is the disconnect, right? You know, uh, after the conference, we want to go out for dinner and They're eating all this this processed food and this, and it's just we're not conscious. Food is such a great medicine. I'll give you a statistic the eyes and the brain make up 2% of the body weight and use 25% of the food intake. So, 25% of what we eat goes to this area. So, you know, things like Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's, dementia. We can pick these things up very early in the retina because the retina is the outer part of the brain, and so depending on what our diet is like, it affects our neurological. And creates this inflammation, and over a long period of time, this is this causes difficulty with the neurons. The axons are not firing, and this creates cell death eventually, and. Here we go, disease, and uh, you know, here this is what's this is what's going on.
0: When you were discussing the recommended diet, you're talking eating meats in third person. Are you a vegetarian?
1: I am not a vegetarian. Um, I don't eat very much meat at all. Okay. Every once in a while, I'll have a piece of seafood, um, and that's about it. Okay. Um, I get most of my protein sources from nuts and seeds and uh uh, but because of my constitution and i live in a place that gets very cold in the winter we actually get a lot of snow Mm -hmm. so for me to go raw um i I, my spleen just can't do it uh now when i'm in california or i'm in a warm climate uh, i love eating raw food and raw vegan and it's really great i don't eat dairy I have very little sugar and the sugar I have is very low glycemic uh, index. so what I would say is I try not to get too proselytizing that you have to do it this way or that way. I'm very much into the in individual approach of what does your body need listen to your body eat and see how it feels and on a more kind of um, scientific level level get some lab work and find out what your baseline is. Maybe you're deficient in amino acids. A lot of people that are vegetarians or vegans, they don't get enough B12, and they don't get enough um, amino acids in their diet. And this creates a depletion at some level. Uh, At the other end of the spectrum, people that eat a lot of meat, uh, it creates a lot of inflammation in the gut. And, uh, you know, there's political things about uh, the climate and, and being vegan and all that. I'm, I'm kind of neutral about all that. My goal is to help people discover the best uh, approach for finding their own health. And, um, you know, I, I try not to be too biased in it or too prejudiced in it. I think that gets in the way of really helping people discover what is the best track for them.
0: Early on in the interview, you were describing a time with children who had ADHD or have been Mm -hmm. labelled as ADHD and ADD. Um, Do you find that, uh, in in general terms, people that have their eyesight improved, using the methods that that you prescribe, if you like, to them, their character changes in some way, or their outlook in life, life Changes in some way.
1: I'll give you an example. I was working with a criminal lawyer a few years ago. And now, all,
0: criminals. His, oh, all criminals, aren't they?
1: You can say that. Anyway, his family came to see me and then he came to see me. His right eye was nearsighted. Yes. His left eye was farsighted right. So he was and he he said to me, you know, I can always see the other side and what they're going to do. And he, he won every case. But because his eyes were split, I said to him, you know, you really have to learn how to use your two eyes together because your wife and your kids are not getting an integrated person here. You're split. And he said, you know, I, I can't change that. And eventually his wife divorced him. I've had other people who have dissolved their nearsightedness and they change their job or they move or they get a new partner. Mm -hmm. In my case, when my nearsightedness went away, I was able to see my trajectory about moving out west to New Mexico. I could have never seen that if I had stayed in my myopia. I would have been imprisoned here. So when you change your vision, you change your life. Because when you change your vision, you're changing your relationship to yourself and to the world. And when you start changing that relationship, you're seeing it, you're feeling it differently. You're going to make different choices. This is why with children, as an example, let's say a child has a crossed eye or an eye that wanders out. The worst thing that parents can do is have that eye operated on. Because when you operate on the eye and you change the muscle, it confuses the brain. And the brain does not know what to do with that surgical intervention. And for the rest of that person's life, they're constantly questioning themselves. I've worked with thousands of people who have had that kind of surgery. And they have a very difficult time being in relationship. A better way to do that with children is through the exercises, where you tell the brain to reprogram and reconnect with the eyes and the body. Now you're creating a a climate, an internal climate, where the person trusts themselves. They have self-esteem. They aren't invalidated because they're told your eye is turning in. You've got to get this surgery. It's a very low having to do the surgery multiple times so that's one example but in children when you help them clear their vision their learning improves their social skills improve their sports how they relate to their siblings and their peers yes it's it's one of the one of the things i saw when i was early in my career i had five very influential teachers so here i am 28 years old And I'm with these five uh, teachers of mine who are holistic eye doctors. Their average age was like 75. So the download I got from those people was um, revolutionary. And they all said to me, you go into this level of work, you're going to have a profound effect on changing people's lives. And we don't think about it because we go to this very artificial eye exam that's five minutes with the eye chart and with this busy doctor, and he or she is not evaluating their your vision. They're they're evaluating a mechanical optical system and giving you that lens, freezing it in that moment, and saying, Here's your lens, and you're gonna live in that for the next two years. So it's very static. And when you start taking your glasses off, or you start wearing an eye patch and talking to each eye, and you start doing color therapy, and you increase the stimulation to the eyes, that awaken, awakens a giant in your, in your eyes. And you start seeing things that you have never seen before and feeling things. And when you uh, discharge those things and become aware, yes, it changes you profoundly. You're onto it, yes, for sure.
0: Right, so that, that time is when you're in the moment, people say, you're
1: you're in the moment. You're in the moment. You know, in nearsightedness, you're caught in the past. And in farsightedness, you're always looking in the future. And in astigmatism, you're back and forth in a very twisted way. So when you dissolve those lenses, then you see in the now, you see in the present. And, you know, if we bring in quantum physics, which I've studied a lot, when you're in the present moment, then there's an unlimited amount of choices they're parallel universes and what you tap into and where you put your attention, that's what you're going to create. And that's what happens when you dissolve your lenses. You're now in the present in your vision.
0: This is going to be one of those paradigm seminars where people have a big change
1: in the way that they think. Exactly. <laughs> you know, one of, my, one of my teachers used to say that seeing is about 90% mental. Right. Right. And if you have a chaotic vision. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're talking about something beyond 2020 eyesight.
0: That is way beyond that. It's
1: about. Oh, way, it's way beyond it. We're yeah. talking
0: about attitude. An attitude can be
1: changed through vision change improvement. Attitudes, belief systems.
0: Belief systems. Wow. Yep. It's, it's, you know, one of,
1: the, one of the belief systems I'll challenge the audience to explore is audience, what is your belief system around blurry vision? What does blurry vision mean to you? And for most people, blurry vision is I feel out of control. I'm going to get injured or hurt. I'm going to get the answer wrong. Yes. So guess what people do? Unconsciously, they put their entire uh, avoidance of blur into their eyeball. That's the worst thing you can do because it's gonna stress your eye so much, but that's how much we're strangling our eye. So the practice is in a non-demanding situation, lock your bedroom, sit in a chair, Go without your lenses and start embracing your blur. Love your blur. Go into your blur as your teacher, even if you just do it for a minute or two. And then you're gonna notice your eyesight will clear because you're relaxed. It's like, oh, I don't have to be so hypervigilant. That reaction was back when I was five years old. I don't need, I don't need to have that level of, of fear or control anymore. And that's one of the best ways to improve your vision, to go into your blur. And again, I'm defining it only in in a situation where there's no demand. So if you're driving or you're, you know, working, you wear your prescription. This is done in a place where you can go internal and really feel the terror around how much you don't like the blur.
0: Wow. Oh. where can people find
1: you on the internet?
0: What is your website? They can about?
1: find me a lot of places. www.drsamburn.com. D-R-S-A-M-B-E-R-N-E I also have a very, very active Facebook page. I do Facebook live on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, but it's recorded. Check out some of those live, that's Q&A. I have a weekly podcast called iClarity, which you can get on Apple, iTunes. I'm also on Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. So I put out a lot of content. I'm going to be offering an online four-week course starting October 29th for four weeks. Um, It's on Facebook if you want to register. Um, Also, I'm doing a, a retreat in Hawaii Uh, the third week of January, uh, and so that's 2020. So if you're interested in coming to Hawaii and and learning these methods, uh, I would invite you. A lot of my, most of my content is free. I give it all away. So your answers are definitely there. Um, And if you want to do consultations, I can do that too.
0: That's amazing. You're you're a good person. You're you're doing doing a lot to change. What has been the reaction um, to your work? From other optometrists, other oh, you're laughing,
1: <laughs> yeah. so it, it's kind of like you know, here's how it is it would be like if we had a, a, a painting on the wall and the painting was all black, yes, there's no affect, there's nothing coming back, it's just hello, is anybody out there? Okay. The, the response is coming from the grassroots. And from the people who are not getting their needs met yes now that's not to say that there are a few eye doctors who have uh, responded positively but I would say the majority are so involved in their own indoctrination that this is flying under the radar so that's kind of how it is now the other professions like acupuncture naturopathic medicine craniosacral uh, Feldenkrais Alexander yoga they're all very excited about it because they've done all the healing in all these other areas, but never their eyes. There's nobody they can go to so <laughs> that population people that are in holistic health. They're the ones who are wanting it, but I don't know about the eye doctors there. They're doing something else. Well, let's hope the next generation. Um... Yeah, the ne- <laughs> well, that's true. The next generation. That, that, that's a good thought. Yes. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll hold that thought as a. <laughs> well, Sam, it's really fantastic. It's been real fun
0: having you on this week, seminar. I've, I've really enjoyed it. And you have, I'm definitely going to go to your website and uh, do some more research and see if I can do a seminar without these things on.
1: <laughs> well, um, I, I would love to come back in the future. I actually have a new book that's going to be coming out in the spring. And, uh, so, and that's going to be a very interesting book. I'm working on it right now. So maybe I can come back then and we can talk about the book and some of the new things I'm into. But thank you so much for your generosity and for reaching out. And I wish you the best of luck in your, in your endeavors. And uh, maybe i will come and see. Him.
0: That's been fantastic having you on. Thank you so much again for coming. You
1: You're welcome. Of course. Okay, you take All care.
0: Right. Fantastic. Thank you take care too. Okay. Bye See bye. ya. Bye bye. bye.